During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, November 30th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr. Joining me is Tim Ma fucking Gettys. How you doing, Bless? Real quick, I do want to give a shout out to Nick Scarpino for making that uh, Christmas intro at the request of one Kevin Coelho, who that was, was making, a real, making a real good fight for the, the King of Christmas title here. And I appreciate I didn't, that. Kev. I didn't do it for myself. I didn't do it for the title. I did it for all the kids who enjoy Christmas out there. I, I See, man, Kevin, just bringing Kevin Claus out here, just bringing joy to the kids early. And I love to see it. But I also love Nick so much that I, Kevin told me last night at like, I don't even know what time it was. I texted Nick being like, hey man, at some point this week, can you get this done? I know this is a late request. He got that shit to me at 1230 at night. <laughs> Nick Scarpino out there just after effects his little ass off. You got, you'll love to see it. He gets excited about these the little things that bring him joy. But one of the things that brings me joy is Kevin Coelho. And, you know, we all talk shit about him, and I don't know how many times we've said, you know, you guys all don't understand why we talk so much shit. The reason we talk so much shit is the last thing Kevin said before we went live was not four, three, two, one, let's go. It was, why do my cookies taste like onions? Yes. Ew. That's not what I said. And then he just I said three, two, one. Oh fuck! This cookie tastes like onions. That is what you and said. It rolls the intro, and like that's and that's the thing I have to like. It's about putting the energy out. It's about putting the energy out on you. Because I know so many people are like, "What's going through Blessing's head whenever he's doing the intro?" You know, and like that's, that's right. You know what I mean? Thing, and I wanted you to come in fresh. Is the last thing Kevin says, which is always ridiculous. Whenever we start this show, Kevin says something that is totally left field. And part of me appreciates better. Part of me also is like, why would you say these things? Uh, I do appreciate. You ever take a bite of a cookie and be like, "Oh, that tastes like onion." It's fucking shocking. No, what? I would never eat a cookie that is onion flavored. Like, what? What kind of cookie are you eating, Kevin? What flavor? No, I mean it's a really good cookie. I just, I don't know. Maybe is it chocolate chips? Is it yeah, oatmeal? It's, so oatmeal chocolate chip. That's correct. And you it actually? Like onion. Well, this particular one tastes like onions. Why? I don't know. Maybe it was sitting next to onions. I made a lot of onions this uh, weekend mm. i don't like it i so i i want to make it clear oh, i do appreciate kevin ah no <laughs> Too far. i do i do really appreciate the christmas intro that was amazing shout out to scarpino shout out to kevin coelho i want to mm. issue a complaint it is not december yet and i know there's the whole back and forth of when does christmas season start is it the day after thanksgiving is it december 1st i i feel like we have to we have to like build certain barriers around these holidays because mm -hmm. it can't just be holiday season forever. We can't just like let this be an ever flowing thing. We got to take a break after Thanksgiving. We got to let things breathe. Today's Cyber Monday. Can we Today, let Cyber Monday yeah. have its own day Give before Cyber we get into Monday the Christmas in space? You know, show some goddamn respect no, to the robots. This Do is why no one respected you. This is why no one respected you for Halloween. And no first of all, everybody respect. respected me for Halloween. That's not what the chat's saying. Who else would you respect? Greg Miller. Halloween. Greg Miller. The King I don't Halloween. think Greg Miller likes Halloween that Everyone much. Everyone is saying so. hashtag Greg Miller King of Halloween 2020. I don't think anybody's saying that. <laughs> I don't think at least. What show is this? This, of course, is kind of funny games daily. So let's talk about Immortals Phoenix Rising reviews, PS5 launch sales being incredible, and more because this, again, is kind of funny games daily. Each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games, roosterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show at the patreon.com slash kind of funny games with bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you tomorrow 
Galactus comes to Fortnite. Uh, and Greg, Barrett, Kevin, and Joey will be taking him on live right here on twitch.tv slash games at 12.45 p.m. Pacific time. So be here or be square. Uh, Tim, when I saw that on the calendar this morning, mm-hmm. I've been excited for this event like yeah. for the last week. Woke up this morning, sat down to do KFGD, put together the doc, looked on the calendar, saw that we were doing that live stream, you know, and I was like, oh, yeah, we're doing that. Let's go. Let's freaking go. That's we, awesome. We? So, then I saw my name was missing. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hey, like, man, you can only do a squad of four. I'm not so going to lie. Gonna... Part of my, like, my heart was, like, you slightly should... broken when I saw that my you, name was missing. You, Raj, <laughs> and Show Like Mike should do a trio thing. You know what I mean? Like a I'm down. B squad trio. We need a fourth, though. I just, God, you can do trio. The B squad. Tim, Tim where are you going to call you the B squad? <laughs> Tim doesn't Tim, play where are you going to hop into Fortnite with Never. Us? Because I feel like you're I'm missing out. Here's, here's you're missing out. I'm going to watch this stream. No, that's the I'm, worst thing. Don't watch me play this game. Oh, it's going to be you playing? Well, would you not just hear the fucking names? No, I'm not going to be the one playing, but I'm going to be playing with them. So you're going to hear me panicking and shit. Man. We, see guys this is this is rested kevin energy this is this is kevin coming in after he ate a whole bunch of turkey he had some time to sleep it off and now he's back rip roaring ready to go i can't wait to see kevin take on galactus tomorrow at 12 45 p.m pacific time on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games now rosemary media in chat says bless you keep that beard don't you dare shave it and this is what i was telling you guys right before we started the show i I still don't know where I'm going to be at about a week and a half from now because I, I have I have written down on my notes on my notepad on my computer I'm allowed to shave on December seventh, and so like a week from now, and like I don't know, man. I don't, I I don't believe, think I'm man. We'll it. see. I'm feeling good about it right now, but I think yeah. I could be feeling better next week. But we'll have to see. We'll have next to see. Next week is so far away. If I want it's to so far away. If I want to know who the Patreon producers are, I'm going to tell you right now. Though they are Tom Bach and Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by Upstart, DoorDash, and Hims. But I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Rope Report. It's time for five stories today. A baker's dozen. We have a lot of fun on this show. I like hosting with you guys. Starting with our number one, we have an Immortals Phoenix Rising review roundup. That's right. The embargo lifted this morning. Right now, Immortals Phoenix Rising is sitting at a 78 on Open Critic. Uh, Metacritic wasn't updated by the time I pulled this together. Kevin or somebody, if you want to uh, help me out and see if Metacritic has an updated score, let me know. Uh, I got a few reviews I want to pull from, and then I'm going to tell you my thoughts on it because I have been playing a little bit of, of that Immortal Phoenix Rising. I'm going to start with Cam Shea at IGN, who gave it a 7 out of 10, and says, Immortal Phoenix Rising gives us a gorgeous world to explore, filled with myth- mythological beasts, deities, and powers to wield. Its combat is satisfying with plenty of choice and upgrades, while its central central characters, comedic tone, and storytelling are a real highlight. Seeing Phoenix's saga through the through to the end with amusing commentary from Zeus, Prometheus, and other gods along the way is a treat. Its Achilles heel, though, is that it's, is that so much of the, of the puzzle gameplay feels like it's going through the motions instead of clever challenges. In the end, I wish Immortals Phoenix Rising had tried to soar just a little higher on the wings of ambition. Andy Kelly at PC Gamer gave it a 72 out of 100 and says, Immortals is easy to like. It has an infectious energy, a great sense of humor, and a world that is full of color and life. I just wish the mechanical stuff underpinning everything was more fine-tuned. The unsatisfying, weightless character movement is a real letdown because there's no getting away from it. This is a game where you're constantly running, flying, climbing, and riding on horseback, but its unique take on Greek mythology, memorable characters, and fun quests to do... uh, and fun quests do their best to make up for it, even if it wasn't, even if it doesn't always pull it off. And then finally, I have Christian Donlin at Eurogamer who reviewed it unscored and says, "Moment to moment is fine, but as much as I had fun, Immortals failed to cast a spell on me to live in my mind when I wasn't wasn't playing in a way that really separates the uh, the competent games from the truly good ones. Mm-hmm. Most games borrow and iterate, but Immortals doesn't get that balance right." There isn't much distinct to think about here, and already it remains in my head, not as a grand undertaking, but as bits and pieces of stuff I quite enjoyed. A switch or a pressure plate resurfacing now and then. The memory is already fragments. I feel for immortals. I feel for immortals a bit. Blame COVID. Blame budgets. Blame Ubisoft. Blame the par- <clears throat> paradoxical, paradoxically thrifty, endlessly repurposing. What, what was that? 
Oh, blame it on the alcohol. alcohol. That was a good reference. Uh, Blame the paradoxically thrifty, endlessly repurposing way the publisher makes all its huge, expansive, generous games, but Immortals never never really finds its own voice until the very end. It's a skillful, lovingly made product, but it is unmistakably unmistakably a product, and the best games in this genre all feel like genuine adventures. Tim, I've put in... About six hours into my into my, uh, my gameplay of Immortals: Phoenix Rising, and that's on top of the about three to four hours I did for mm-hmm. my preview of the game. And so, like in total, I played about ten hours of it, and I'm probably mostly aligned with Christian Donlin's review, which is the last one I just read. It, I really, I I really wanted to like this game, and I and I think it's fine. Like I think it is an overall very fine game. I don't think it's bad. Uh, I think in everything it does, it feels unremarkable in a similar way when i talk about godfall and like you know godfall i don't think is like a bad game by any means i think it just does a lot of things that are unexciting and uninteresting Immortals phoenix rising better than godfall but still falls into that camp for me of yeah this is a breath of the wild like game that is going for this open world with discovery and exploration and mysteries around every turn and uh, playing at your own pace and climbing and gliding and all this stuff, right? Like this cool, vibrant, colorful open world. And none of it feels like it learned the right lessons from Breath mm-hmm. of the Wild. Because Breath of the Wild, for me, was a game that, you know, everybody talks about discovery and exploration, right? Exploration and discovery. Getting to move through the map and uh, explore your own pace. But, oh, cool, I found the Lost Woods. Let's see what this is all about. Or, oh, I found... Uh, or there's a dragon flying in the air. What's that about? Or, oh, I found uh, X, Y, and Z thing here. Uh, the fairy fountain. Oh, cool. What's that about, right? And, like, there's the actual discovery in Breath of the Wild that I think takes place that is absent in Immortals Phoenix Rising. Like, I I, I made a... I was talking to uh, the guys playing Fortnite last night, right? It was uh, uh, Kevin, Joey, Barrett, and Greg. And I think most of us had already uh, been playing the game. And I, I mentioned that, like... I wouldn't be surprised to see if most of the takes about Immortals Phoenix Rising were to say that it has the exploration but not the discovery. Because, like, it so much, there's so much in the game that I think they go for and they, and they nail in the most Ubisoft way possible. Where, like, okay, yeah, they have the open world and it looks beautiful, but nothing about the open world really sticks out in a way where playing Breath of the Wild, I remember, I remember seeing, sh- seeing shrines in the distance and being like, Oh, I'm pretty sure that's a shrine because of the way that it glows red, right? Or I'm pretty sure that's mm-hmm. this cool, unique thing because there's a hue going on in this part of the map that I'm seeing, right? Like, Immortals Phoenix Rising kind of misses that because everything is so colorful in a way that feels like th- it feels like somebody played Breath of the Wild and went, oh, cool, yeah, this is this cartoonish, beautiful mm-hmm. open world game and went for that as opposed to the things that truly made Breath of the Wild stand out and feel special and, and feel cool. Um, I'm still mad that I haven't seen any strapline say Breath of the Mild, but hey, that's just me. I think know? IGN's strapline said uh, Breath of the Isle, which gets close. No. No, it's it close. Not at all. That was bad. No? Yeah. Mine bad. was less bad. <laughs> it was like I, I, I played this for about an hour, and uh, it, I am totally with it. I'm not really thinking I'm going to go back to it too much. I stopped after that hour to jump over to Hyrule Warriors. And it's funny that these two games are coming out so close to each other, being so related to Breath of the Wild in different ways. And uh, the more I play Hyrule Warriors, the more I'm like, man, there's a mindless fun to this that kind of is what you look for in video games, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the hook isn't quite there for me for saying Hyrule Warriors is a fantastic game, but the characters and stuff from Zelda, obviously they're great uh, from Breath of the Wild cast. So uh, it's it's interesting they're both coming out at the same time. I don't think either are going to have major staying power, but I do think Iron Warriors is more of a pleasant surprise for me. Whereas uh, Gods of Monster or Immortal Phoenix, what is it called? Immortal, Immortal Phoenix, Phoenix Rising. Rising is kind of what I expected it to be from everything that we've seen of it, which is like, hey, it's not bad. <laughs> and that's not the best yeah. thing to say about a game. <laughs> and I, I mean, I think there are going to be a lot of people that actually play this game and either fall in love with it or at the very least think it's great. And I think those people will be will be right in their own regard because there's so much in Immortals Phoenix Rising that I think answers uh, a lot of what quite a few people found to be issues for them in Breath of the Wild. Like when you're playing Breath of the Wild and you're like, man, I wish these, I wish there were more side quests or I, I wish the side quests were better written or better. I, or I wish like 
there was more voice acting or I wish there was more uh, stuff in the open world. Like I think Immortals Phoenix Rising has answers to all those questions. But for me playing it, I was like, I, I, I wasn't really looking for those answers. Like it, it feels like a lot of those answers even take away from that core experience. Like when we talk mm. about voice acting and story and stuff, like story in Mortal Phoenix Rising didn't really do it for me. Like I, I, I appreciate the attempt at making Prometheus and Zeus these, you know, funny, lively characters that are guiding you through the story. But I found a lot of the writing to just be uninteresting, and a lot of the jokes uh, were not landing for me. You know, I didn't really find the humor to to really be that great. Um. But along along with that, I love Kevin. Oh, I'm sorry, Kevin's fucking thing. My bad. No, it's all good. Uh, uh, I got you the meta score, by the way. The Metacritic score. What's it? What is it? Seventy four. Seventy four. Twenty two critical reviews. Sorry, sorry about that. That's my, mute my mic. I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, like the 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 answers that are given in Immortal Phoenix Rising uh, to like more. You, I'm gonna make up a word. Ubisoft eyes. The mm-hmm. the uh, the Breath of the Wild formula just, I feel like, held it back more than supported it. But I do think people are going to like the game. I do think there are going to be quite a few people that are like, no, this game is great. And I think those people will be right in their own regard. It has that that weird cult classic feel to it, where I do think some, some people years from now are going to be like riding real hard for it, despite its flaws. Yeah. Which, like, understandable. Um but it's, a, it's an interesting one, too. It's also an interesting one being a Greek mythology game coming out in the same year as Hades and coming out in, like, the same generation, too, as God of War, which I know made the shift to Norse mythology, but I still have that connection in my head. Uh, when we're talking about, like, Greek characters, especially this year, like, hey, I I couldn't help but also uh, to, to compare a lot of the characters introduced to the same characters in Hades, uh, which... Again, like this game has a lot going against it in terms of competition. Even when we talk about open world games in general, right? Like I saw quite a few articles about how there are uh, three open world games that Ubisoft has released in the last what, like two months? Month. Yeah, yeah. Being Watch Dogs Legion and Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and we're also on the eve of, or we're, yeah, we're like we're we're approaching Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, uh, the Eve Gamont, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, along with more Ubisoft games that are in the months to come, right? Like Far Cry 6 is February. Also, Riders Republic, the most anticipated game of 2021, February. Like, there's a lot going on, so. You talk is about Far Cry that game. 6 February? Isn't it? Kindofine.com slash you're wrong. I, I'm pretty sure. Do I sure have a dream that it was May? Possibly. It's a really weird dream for how uh, it you was like Far Cry 7. Yeah, like imagine having that dream. Far Cry 7, damn. Kevin's, yeah. We're jumping to the future, yeah. man. Kevin's in 3000. It got, it got delayed, nanobiologist says in the chat. Oh. So, well, there you go. There we go. There you go. Tim, mm-hmm. let me tell you about the PS5. Story number two Please PS5 do. has had the biggest console launch ever in the UK. This is from Andy Robinson at VGC. According to publishing sources speaking to VGC, launch sales for Sony's console far exceeded the UK's previous record holder, 2013's PS4, which sold some 250,000 units in its first 48 hours. It means PS5 significantly outsold the launch of the Xbox Series X and S in the region, which VGC previously reported had sold around 155,000 units on their first day. The most popular PS5 model at launch was the more expensive disk drive edition, VGC understands, which, like Series X, accounted for around two-thirds of UK launch sales. However, the sales figures come from some caveats, uh, or come with some caveats, due to to significant supply constraints for both uh, Xbox Series X and S and PS5, the consoles would likely have sold even better if more stock was available. Similarly, any additional stock during the launch window for either Xbox Series X slash S or PS5 will almost certainly sell out, especially considering that pre-orders, pre-orders made up the vast majority of current hardware sales, limiting the number of units available to day one buyers. The platform holder which sells the most consoles in the coming months will almost certainly be the one which can get the most stock into the market. Sony Interactive Entertainment has so far not shared any sales figures for PS5. However, last week it claimed that globally PS5 had... PS5 had recorded the biggest console launch sales in history, suggesting that it sold more than 2 million, uh, more than the 2 million global record previously set by PS4. Sony has previously said it expects to sell over 7.6 million PS5 units by the end of fiscal year on March 31st, 2021, outperforming PS4's launch for the same period. 
Supply issues are expected to continue for Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 this year due to the impact of COVID-19 on shipping times. A Microsoft exec recently said the company expects Xbox Series X S shortages to continue until April 2021, while PlayStation has said that demand for PS5 has been, quote, unprecedented. Tim, great sales numbers for the PS5 in the UK. Does this surprise you? Gamers going game. Hell no, man. This is totally expected. I think it's going to continue for a very long time. We see this every new generation where there's the, the problem with the supply and demand then eventually it is figured out. But when will that happen is the big question. And I think at the with the value that both consoles are offering people, currently even, with Game Pass on the Xbox side and with the quality titles on the PlayStation 5, even right now, I think that more people are interested in upgrading to the next-gen console than ever before. The numbers back that up, and I don't think that that is going to slow down anytime soon because the value proposition is only going to add in the coming months on both sides mm-hmm. we know xbox is just gobbling up things left and right for game pass and they're trying to strengthen that to be like ridiculous and i think that by march it's going to be a, a whole other beast when you look at it. i think it's going to look very different than it does now and it's going to get some real heavy hitters then on the other side with playstation like we already know ratchet's coming out we already know that we're getting like a, a nice feed of playstation titles throughout 2021 because of that you, you combine that with the fact that this is a console that already has so much demand and it's going to be hard to produce as much as people want it. I think that we might still be hearing these type of record sales numbers things through, what, June next year? I wouldn't mm. be surprised. What do you think is increasing demand this time around? Because I, I'm very impressed to see that the PS5 is outpacing PS4. And the PS4 came out at a time where I... where quite a few people were talking about how oh yeah consoles might be dying like pc gaming is where it's at and then ps4 and and xbox one came out and pretty much shut down that whole conversation and ended up you know being uh selling incredibly especially the ps4 what what about the ps5 and xbox series x do you think are creating more demand this time around than previous console cycles i mean i think there's the sheer numbers game of there are more people in the world that play video games than there used to be and that number Mm. just keeps going up i think on top of that i think because of the corona situation a lot of lapsed gamers have been itching to return and i think that back in march they might have you know busted out some old games are like oh i want to get back into this and i think that a lot of like friend groups have formed uh, with what modern video games can be, which is a place to hang out with your friends while you're playing online games, right? That's something that maybe didn't exist for people, you know, 15 years ago, or at least like it didn't exist in a mainstream way. Whereas now playing online games is mainstream. Like that is a huge core part of what the offering of video games is, you know? And with things like Warzone, like I think that there's just so many great entry points that, the idea of getting a shiny new thing to kind of like commit to the gaming thing makes a lot of sense. And and I think that that adds a lot to it on top of the fact that PS4 killed was awesome. And like, mm. I mean, even that, like, again, I always say this, but it's like the winners and losers thing. It's all relative. Like Xbox one already are still did extremely well. So this generation was a, a win for gaming. So that's, there's an excitement built and you know, everyone that played Spider-Man wants to play Miles Morales. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a big part of it. Like, I, I think you nail it in terms of the PS4 killing it, and you look at the PS5 slate, and I think there is a promise there that is super strong. Like, I remember approaching this launch. Uh, you know, I was I I I was of the mind that you know I didn't necessarily think that Miles Morales or even Demon Souls. Like, I don't think PlayStation Five needed a huge launch game, you know, to 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 come out with the PS5 because if you look at twenty 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 one. The promise for games are is there in a way that has been there more so than previous console generations. Like for the PS4, you know, you had Killzone at launch, you had you had that launch slate, which I don't think had anything that was super exciting, and then you had Infamous, you know, coming uh, uh, over the horizon. No pun intended. And like, <laughs> you know, that's exciting. And of course, like third party games and all stuff, like that's exciting. But when you look at the PS5, the promise with not only Miles Morales and Demon Souls coming at launch and other good games being there at launch. But then also God of War being slated for 2021, uh, Ratchet & Clank, Horizon Forbidden West, and a bunch of other PlayStation 5 games, like it, Final Fantasy uh, 16 being announced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's there's so much to show up for, and there's so much to be excited for. So I think that has a, a big thing to do with it. Um, but even still, like they mentioned in, uh, in this article, right, that PlayStation said that the demand for PS5 has been unprecedented. And like, you know, half of me is like, it's probably 
that's probably like marketing speak to like boost up like oh yeah we've had an unprecedented launch all this stuff but at the same time i think there's probably some some honesty there in terms of yeah like the covid situation really boosted interest in games and game sales throughout the year and so like it is not a surprise to see that it's not surprised at all to see that console is selling out, but then it's also not a surprise to see how much of a demand there is even beyond them selling out. And like, I'm interested to see how these numbers beyond. I'm interested to see how these numbers look. Let's say by end of next year, right when that demand is continually to is it, when that supply is continually being replenished, mm-hmm. uh, and people are able to get their hands on it, and like we 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 get more uh, uh, conclusive numbers to see like what the actual uh, sales are of these things. I'm fascinated because mm-hmm. it might be it, these numbers might be like truly insane. Story number three: numbers that aren't insane. Uh, Marvel's Avengers has yet to make back its development costs. This is Eric Van Allen at US Gamer. It's been a tough year for Marvel's Avengers. Sales for Square Enix's co-op hero brawler haven't ha- haven't been as high as the publisher would hope, and the company is saying it is yet to recoup development costs for the game. In a translated Q&A from Square Enix's quarterly meetings, President Yosuke Matsuda addressed the operating loss of around 7 billion yen, which would make up around $67 million in the second quarter. Masuda says that if not for factors associated with Marvel's Avengers, the quarter would have been, been in the black. Quote, in addition to the amortization of the game's development costs, another significant factor associated with Marvel's Avengers was the fact that we undertook a major advertising campaign at the time of its launch to make up for delays in our marketing efforts resulting from the COVID-19 pandemic. There's a certain amount of development costs still to be amortized in Q3, but we want to recoup it by growing our sales going forward, uh, Matsuda says. To that end, Musida says the company's intention is, quote, first and foremost, to expand sales of Marvel's Avengers in order to improve its prof- profitability. Analysts have proposed that the sales volume of the game suggests Marvel's Avengers could have cost over $100 million to make, yet sold fewer copies than expected. Tim, what does this mean for Avengers? Oof. I mean, it's bad, but it also means they're going to commit and double down, right? Like, they, they have something here that I feel like they can't, just like give up on and walk away. Like, I don't think that this is an Anthem situation. And I think that they can turn this around. It's going to be real difficult. And there's no way they turn it around to the point of it being the success they wanted it to be or the success that it should have been and could have been, right? But I do think they can turn around and turn it into something that more people are interested in, or at least there's money coming in from it, right? Hmm. They made a really ballsy call to come out and be like, hey, all the DLC is free. So... Their money is straight up coming from base game sales and the extra microtransaction stuff on top of it. But it won't be from the new content that we're getting, you know, mm. whenever it starts actually coming out and, you know, hitting month after month or whatever. Uh, I am surprised that this game didn't do better than it's doing. Like, I, I thought that the Avengers name alone and just with the style of game being as popular as it is i thought that it was going to still hit despite the quality and hey people did the opposite of showing up and showed that that's not the case that you know things like avengers require a certain level of quality because there's expectations there and people aren't aren't going to put up with things that aren't up to par yeah I am for what the quality of the game is. I am shocked that a game called Marvel's Avengers didn't do way better. Like, despite because playing through the single player campaign, right? Like, it's a fun campaign, and I think once you get once you get into the uh, 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 post game stuff, that's where for me the game starts to falter and starts to fall apart and not become as fun anymore. But like for what's there, the fact that Marvel's Avengers is not selling, I think says something very specific about people's awareness of of what the game is and not following through in terms of the games and service stuff in the in the multiplayer content and everything else and it's like it's kind of a bummer to see, to see but i'm with you that i don't think this is going to be an anthem situation which brings the question for me where of where is anthem like what is that game doing they talked about anthem 2.0 forever ago and i'm surprised you haven't seen anything from that but that's a whole different podcast i don't think this is going to be that like i think this is one of those situations where there's too much invested that they have to they have to keep going with it like they have to Mm -hmm. keep building on it 
I'm curious to see what that's going to be because we 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 we've had the the war tables where they've talked about new characters. We know Spider Man's coming up. We know we have a I think we have a date for uh for Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know like quite a few of the things that are coming up, and we know that like some things got moved around and pushed. You know, and whether that's because of the death of Chadwick Boseman or whatever factors they may be, COVID and all that stuff. Uh, you know, we know that like that that hasn't necessarily had the best impact on their development for the game, but yeah like these sales are pretty unfortunate for a game again called marvel's avengers which by name alone should Mm -hmm. be a hit should be the the biggest thing on the planet should be a game that's still talked about regularly and i barely hear anybody talking about this game outside of greg miller greg miller will talk about the game but like outside of that there's that hard hardcore grind crew they love that stuff and it's like that that you need this game avengers needed to go beyond that it needed to go to a a mainstream group of people to introduce them to that type of gameplay and get them hooked, right? That's mm-hmm. why you tie it to an IP like that. And it, I think that in that sense, it really did fail. And the numbers back that up. And it does suck, obviously, with the delays and with, with COVID and just all of it, shit was hard. And for yeah. a game like this that got delayed multiple times, like that, at least I think it did, uh, at least yeah. once. It, that yeah. sucks for you because like, it's the same thing as a movie when – you put your marketing budget into something and then the plans change. That just means the budget needs to be get bigger or else the marketing doesn't happen. Right. And yeah. I feel like that this game's marketing hit at the wrong time for what the game is. And also with like Miss the Mark where bad. they should have, they should have pushed them the, the Miss Marvel stuff. Like they should have pushed the storyline shit and then hoped that people got hooked and liked the mechanics enough to want to keep doing all the other stuff. But there's a game there, right? There is a single player sit down and play through the story of Avengers game that I feel like had they pushed, people might be disappointed and be like, oh, that wasn't worth $60. But that is a better opinion to have than, ah, oh, I'm just not even going to buy it because fuck this. <laughs> yeah, this is not, not what I want completely. Yeah, like the marketing, seeing them, seeing them talk about how they spent so much money on the marketing of the game too bums me out because the marketing of the game was not good. Like, I remember the first reveal for Marvel's Avengers, uh, or not the first reveal, because the first reveal was year, years ago where they just showed, like, the, oh, the yeah. animation and logo and stuff. But when we talk about the the gameplay reveal that happened at Square Enix's E3 conference, there's so many people coming out of that being like, what is this? What is this game? Like, yeah. they look like, first of all, like, what's the gameplay? Is it co-op? Is it a games or service thing? And also, all these characters look like bootleg MCU characters. And you know granted that that is what the game is right like you play the game and it's like yeah these are bootleg bootleg mcu characters and so it's probably hard to market it in the first place but the fact that so many people came out of it with either like a negative or like a not as excited opinion coming out of it you know is is a huge misstep for your biggest game release of the year i guess outside of i know final fantasy final fantasy 7 remake came out this year too so let me mm-hmm. say one of your biggest game releases of the year uh again like unfortunate but you know what's exciting, Tim? Story number four, Super Nintendo World opens on February 4th. Uh, Kevin, I have a link here uh, to a couple of images that I'd like to look at. Uh, this is from The Verge. I didn't write down who wrote this, and so I'm going to open it real quick. Sam Byford at The Verge. Universal Studios Japan has announced uh, an opening date for its long-awaited Nintendo-themed area. The Super Nintendo Land Zone will open at the Osaka theme park on February 4th, 2021. That's actually a little earlier than expected. Last month, Nintendo said the project would open in spring. Uh, A themed cafe and merchandise store have already opened in the larger Universal Studios Japan Park. USJ and Nintendo have also provided details on what is sure to be one of the park's flagship attractions, a Mario Kart-themed roller coaster. It's housed inside a reconstructed Bowser's castle and makes use of AR and projection mapping technology with riders donning AR headsets shaped like Mario's cap. And that's the thing I wanted to check out, Kevin, the Mario's cap AR headset, because look at this thing. That's awesome. I'm all about this. It is awesome. Everything about this is super cool. Obviously, I don't need to talk about how much I love theme parks in Disneyland and Nintendo. So the idea that this is happening is too good to be true. It's a dream that I've had since I was a little boy, but it could not be at a worse time. Like these indoors look very contained, (laughs) putting on headsets that other people have to wear and stuff. It's like, oh, man. Uh, But hopefully you know things like stay safe and get better because eventually this is going to be the coolest thing ever yeah i'm a little surprised it's coming out as early as it is uh 
I thought it was going to get delayed more, but this looks awesome. Yeah, I'm sh- I'm shocked it's opening this early, and I'm all, I'm again bummed about it because yeah, like this is a thing I I would have wanted to go to like either this year or next year, and obviously I'm not doing that because of because of the condition of the world. But like at a certain point when I'm able to to go to Japan finally one day someday, I'm very excited to check this out because I really yeah like this is really cool. I really hope that uh, kind of funny somehow figures out how to take you guys to to this because Gary will pay for my ticket. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I feel like Gary might have said he'll pay for my ticket too, but I think he forgot. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember. You can remind him. But like he keeps saying he'll pay for Kevin and that keeps leaving out my name. And I'm pretty sure he might have said me too. (laughs) Uh, But again, like I am very excited for this because this all looks very cool. There's also a rumored uh, Donkey Kong area that was just showing in the video um, Mm -hmm. or they were talking about in the video. Um, You got to go. I need to go to this. Yeah. And for the audio listeners, right, like the, the AR headset is basically no, a thing that looks like Mario's cap with then like glass sliding underneath it so you can get the AR stuff. It looks ridiculous. But again, if you're into this shit, you're into this shit. Like, it's cool. <laughs> and it, hey, the idea of AR on Rise and stuff, like I haven't experienced that. And that sounds really cool. I know there's some places that already do similar things, but adding that to Mario Kart, I mean, recently i was just playing with the mario kart home circuit and that blew my mind and that, mm-hmm. that's taking a, a different technology and applying it to i mean it is ar type stuff uh to mario kart mario kart just works with that you know and like what does that ride even look like i'm excited like actually what is the experience you know is it yeah. more roller coastery where you're on track or is it more trackless and you're actually in control of what's going on well t- very cool yeah, stuff me- we won't have to wait too long to find out February, we'll i'm sure videos will be popping up to find out because tim in the article they specify a little bit of that right here they say the cars do have steering wheels and multiple vehicles can race alongside each other but it sounds like the ride itself is on rails it's not guaranteed that you that you win the race there's an element of throwing power-ups from item boxes and experience and the experience will be different each time you ride according to usj so i imagine it is the thing of like multiple people on multiple different rails and based how you throw items or leave items behind mm-hmm. that then affects how other people's rides go like probably it I, probably like stops them or shakes them or something i imagine it's going to be kind of like the the midtown madness i think it's called the toy story mania ride at uh california adventure where it's like you're in the thing and like that has the 3d glasses and you're you can kind of control it a little bit but not really or buzz like yeah 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 but anyway exciting stuff i know that the spider-man stuff. ride at disneyland that they're working on also has ar stuff with the the th- 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 and also, we were talking about the COVID regulations and stuff, right? They mentioned here in the article, too, that the park says it's working with health administration officials to ensure a safe environment for visitors and staff and is currently operating at 50% capacity. COVID-19 cases have been rising in Osaka recently with a record count of 490 positive tests uh, reached on one day last week. Japan has largely avoided strict lockdown measures to date, however, relying on contact tracing and near-universal mask wearing to mitigate the pandemic's impact. So that's how they are operating. One day, mm-hmm. I wanted to, I want to do a kind of funny trip because I think it'll make a great vlog that will lose money based on the ticket prices and everything else, but mm-hmm. could make good content. You know, you are absolutely correct about what you just said. Exactly, I'm very excited about it though. One day, story number five. This is a fun one, uh, and this is mainly for just me and Tim, I guess. After nearly 20 years, Kadabra can be on can be on Pokemon cards again. This is from Adam Bankhurst at IGN. Tim, what? Before I even get into it, did you realize that Kadabra Pokemon cards were not a thing for the last 20 years? No. Yeah. Uh, so Adam Bankhurst here writes, After nearly 20 years, illusionist and magician Yuri Geller has given Nintendo permission to once again use Kadabra on Pokemon cars. Huh. Uh, Geller, who is perhaps most well-known for his ability to bend spoons with his mind, sued Nintendo in 2000 and asked that Kadabra no longer be allowed to be put on Pokemon cards due to the similarity of Kadabra spoon and, and Japanese name to himself. In Japan, Kadabra is written in certain variations that include Yungerer and Yungeller, which are both similar sounding to Geller. Now, almost 20 years after Kadabra's last appearance on a Pokemon card in 2003, he has changed his mind. Quote, I am truly sorry for what I did 20 years ago, <laughs> Geller wrote on Twitter. Kids and grownups, I am releasing the band. It's now all up to hashtag Nintendo to bring my hashtag Kadabra hashtag Pokemon card back. It will probably be one of the rarest cards now. Much energy and love to all, end quote. 
Speaking to The Gamer, Geller expanded on his decision, saying that, quote, due to the tremendous volume of emails I'm still getting begging me to allow Nintendo to bring back Kadabra slash Yoon Geller, I sent a letter to the chairman of Nintendo giving them permission to relaunch the Yuri Geller Kadabra slash Yoon Geller worldwide, end quote. Could you imagine being this guy and like 20 years later still opening up your email and their kids and they're being like, yo, let Nintendo have Kadabra and you're just like, fuck it. I've lost. Like, Bro, here, just take it back. I can't stand this anymore. Can you imagine being this guy being like, hey, bro, you heard of this Pokemon card? Yeah, dude's bending spoons, and his name kind of sounds like you. Fucking let's sue him. <laughs> I mean, I I, I get it, because I honestly would do... Like, I I try to figure out, like, some sort of fucking, like, give me some money type situation. Like, I'd let them use it, but, like, you know, compensate me for my likeness. Well, the funny um, thing is, it's but, just the cards. Like that's also Kadabra's been in the games and stuff. Like this is so weirdly, oddly specific, and I feel like the only reason that he's talking about it now is because the surge in popularity of Pokemon cards in the last couple months with all the unboxing videos and everything that have been happening. Wait, what's been happening? I missed this. Oh, how have you missed this? Bless, it's insane. It, people are just buying boxes for hundreds of thousands of dollars of booster packs and opening them on stream. Why? Wait, like, why? Why is this happening just, now? Is is there like a new Pokemon thing happening? There's, or is... there's been a big wave of uh, like trading cards in general, like sports cards and stuff, and people bet on it. There's this whole culture. Mm-hmm. It's the fascinating stuff where people will like bet on what cards are in packs and stuff. It's really, really bizarre. Uh, but there's a lot of money in it. So many people are making bank off of really bad decisions. And hey, that's how this works, right? Uh, but yeah, in the the price of Pokemon cards has like skyrocketed, team rocketed in the last three months. That's wild. And I would like, never have guessed. Yeah, man. Just like, go on, like Google search it at some point and like just find the Twitch stream of people opening these cards. It's fascinating. And it sometimes is hype as fuck. Watching people like open the pack, going through them. They're, they have all the different camera setups, so you get the, the perfect look. And they pull it off, and it's that first edition shiny Charizard, baby. And it's like, oh, shit! It's a $50,000 card, bless. $50,000 card. That's so wild. I wonder if it's a thing of, because Pokemon is sold, like, the Pokemon games are sold as, like, a whole game versus you can buy Pokemon cards and packs or singular singular cards. I wonder if that's, the, like, the thing he was able to latch onto. Because I imagine going after Nintendo for, like, a software thing, for him at the time was probably like, oh, this is impossible. I cannot do this. But being being like, hey, you can't sell this one card, it's probably way more doable. I don't, think um, I, I don't know. I feel like I don't think that's how the law works. It's weird that he didn't go after. But he would have lost that fight, though. I don't right? know. I mean, it didn't seem like it. Like, it seems like he got the cards. <laughs> yeah, like the card fight, I think, is an easier fight to win. Of Like, don't sell this one card. If you to fuck with a Nintendo game. Nah, Nintendo's not going to let that happen. Game Freak's not going to let that happen. Oh, man. So I was resisting it, but, like, I didn't realize, like, yeah, they look exactly the same. Do they really? Can you pull up a picture? I did. They don't. Oh, so that wasn't looking. Okay, <laughs> I see. I see. Now, you such a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you seeing this? Yeah. They don't look similar at all. I know. Exactly <laughs> it was a joke, and it was really funny. They're both holding up spoons, though. Yeah. yeah you know? That's, that's thing, definitely you know? his thing. That's wild, man. That's wild. Tim, mm-hmm. I can't wait to see what pokemon card we didn't realize was banned ends up getting unbanned next but that is so far away before i tell you what games are about to come out now i want to tell you about our sponsor this episode of kind of funny games daily is brought to you by upstart there's a lot of economic chatter right now about the state of the market is it recovering how long will it take have we seen the worst but if you're struggling to pay off high interest credit card debt you can't wait for those answers you need to take action now with upstart there's actually something you can do today to help fight off high interest credit card debt upstart is a revolutionary online lending platform that knows you're more than just a credit score unlike other lenders upstart can reward you based on your job history in the form of a smarter rate upstart lets you skip going to the bank because it's completely online they offer loans from one thousand dollars to fifty thousand dollars so you can consolidate your debt into one easy fixed rate payment. Upstart makes it fast and simple to check your rate. Since it's just a soft pull and won't affect your credit score, the hard pull happens if you accept your rate and proceed with your application. The best part, if the loan is approved and accepted, most people get their funds the very next business day. Over 500,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards or meet their financial goals. Free yourself from the burden of high interest credit card debt and get back to using your money your way with Upstart. See why Upstart has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Trustpilot and hurry up to Upstart 
Upstart.com slash KFGames to find out how low your Upstart rate can be. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. That's Upstart.com slash KFGames. Your loan amount will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Not all applicants will qualify for the full amount. We're also brought to you by DoorDash. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. I, I heard that sound, Kevin, you made when I when I said the Cheesecake Factory. I get Buffalo, it. Buffalo Blasts? All right. Oh, the Buffalo Blast, man. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep the communities they operate in safe. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code GAMES, that's $5 off your your order and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and, and enter code GAMES. Don't forget, that's code GAMES for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Lastly, we're brought to you by Hims. Forhims.com is all about men's wellness. We all know the story. Andy and Nick wanted to maintain their own wellness, so they looked to Hims to help keep their hair full and healthy. We can confirm they've been loving it ever since. Through Hims, you can get the prescription medication that treats erectile dysfunction, real science, real solutions. This could cost you hundreds of bucks if you had to go through a doctor or pharmacy, not sell with Hims. Hims makes it simple and affordable. No embarrassing conversations, no expensive appointments. Just answer a few questions online about your medical history and a provider will confidently review. If approved, your medication is shipped directly to your door in discreet packaging and shipping is free. No more searching online for answers to, to questions about erectile dysfunction or sexual wellness. Just go to your Hims account and ask a medical professional you can trust. Try Hims today by starting out with a free online visit. Go to forhims.com slash funny games for your free visit. That's forhims.com slash funny games. F O R H I M S dot com slash funny games. Prescription products are subject to medical provider approval and require an online consultation with a medical provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. See website for full details and safety information. Remember, that's forhims.com slash funny games. Tim, yes. very excited to one day get back into Pokemon cards. Me and mm -hmm. you are going to have Pokemon, mm -hmm. Pokemon battles via the cards, but that day is probably so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to mom and grab shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Do 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 yeah. Kev. Kev, Jeff Grubb sent us a YouTube link yep. that I would like to watch. I only pull, pull it up. Let me pull it up. Oh, snap. It, it explains. Oh, shit. That's wrong. There it is. <laughs> It explains uh, the Pokemon situation. Do you want to hear it? Is this a TikTok? Yes, it is a TikTok. Oh, give me, God. Give me two seconds. I'm very excited about this. The button that I Gotta love a TikTok. Don't switch. You got this, Kevin. I believe in you. I, yeah, I just had to switch over. There you go. Now you can hear it. All right, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> what did you do last night? I've seen this. Game. I thought you'd never ask. I spent the entire night hunting the new set of Pokemon cards, Champion's Path. I drove around Indiana all night going into different stores buying all of the cards that I could find. After going to about 10 different stores and spending $1,000, I went home to get two hours of sleep. My friend and I woke up at 6 a.m. to make sure we were the first in line at our local comic book store that opened up at 10 to be able to secure that bread. We came back home and got some sexy fucking photos of the product before I streamed me opening 275 packs of Pokemon cards to 900 people on my Twitch stream. We pulled three shiny Charizards, one rainbow Charizard. After that, we got some more sexy fucking photos. That's awesome. That's fucking I love, sick. That, I love that guy's energy, man. That's good. That's that really, really good. I hate how badly that makes me like. I, I feel like I could enjoy doing that. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is this is what I'll say, right? Like I I appreciate the the niche interests. I appreciate the the man making the TikTok about how he's going to open a bunch of Pokemon cards. What I've been doing for the last week, Tim, mm -hmm. I've been playing a lot of chess. 
because I watched Queen's I mean, obviously Gambit. not enough. You know what I mean? I bless. I love you. I, I don't know if I've already told you this, but you said it. Before, I legitimately yeah. okay. I legitimately watched Queen's Gambit just because of your tweet. Oh, awesome. did you did you finish it? Oh yeah, in two sittings. Dude, it's awesome, isn't it? It's like it it's is, an incredible show. It's Yu-Gi-Oh, dude. It's yes. anime. It's when you look at it at that lens, it's just like, oh my god, I'm so into it. Like, I don't want to spoil anything, but like the way that it ends, oh it my just, god, I just love it. Like, it, I legitimately it feels so good. I legitimately had goosebumps during the final episodes in multiple moments in a way I was not expecting for a show that was about a chess prodigy. And like, I tweeted, I tweeted this thing is live action anime, and like, of course, I say I say that jokingly, but. There is legit an it energy. Is. There is legit an energy to the show that I've only experienced watching like Yu Yu Hakusho, like the tur- the the finale of the tournament arc, or like mm-hmm. similar sort of things. Like it is, it comes together so beautifully in a way that I I was blown away. Yep. And because of that show, I started playing a lot of uh, chess online via chess.com. And mm-hmm. let me tell you, man, it's been a blast. I've been playing uh, uh, the homie Yusef McGee. I've been playing the, the homie Abby Russell, and I've been cleaning their clocks. I also played. Paula, Kevin's Paula, and she destroyed me. It was, it, <laughs> I was not expecting the uh, the. So like, I I'm decent at chess, right? Like I I I I am not like a chess expert by any means. I'm not one of those people who like knows all the different chess openings and all that stuff. But like, I like to think that I'm a pretty good chess player. Uh, and so like, I was on a streak of wins for chess. Paula hit me up, I think like two days ago, and we played a match and. I was winning for like 90 to 95% of the match, right? And by winning, I mean like I had more of her pieces. I had her cornered in, in quite a few spots. And I was like, I got this. Like there's no way I'm losing this match because I have this. She used one pawn and fucked up my whole situation. One pawn. And like the most like – when we talk about uh, Queen's Gambit being anime, like Paula Coelho was Goku in this moment <laughs> where like with like one pawn, she was able to come back and put me in checkmate and I was shooketh. It was incredible. He says, it. It says you, you haven't tried to play another game. It's weird. I'm not. I don't want that smoke. Like <laughs> He has to trade and come back. Duh. I do have to trade. I have to get into the hyperbolic time chamber, Kevin. You know, I have to like. Bless, it's all about those 10-minute matches, man. That's what you got to do, man. It'll speed you up. It'll get you going where you need to go. That is kind of the fucked up thing. Is I've been playing so like you, there's a the 10 minute matches that Kevin's talking about, right? It's like you have 10 minutes to make a move, and so you can't fuck around. You have to like be paying attention. You have 10 minutes to make all your moves, Tim. Oh, so she's playing yeah. like actual 10 minute matches. Yeah. Damn. Damn. Not Damn. like all day I, matches. Yeah, because I've been playing 14 day matches, which is basically like you can move whenever you want, right? Like just don't waste 14 days or you lose the match. Um, so I can I've been playing throughout my whole days. Uh, Look, here's the thing. Here is the thing. I I, obviously we need to talk to Paula and make sure she's down for this. But this sounds like we need. We have to stream the rematch. We need. We need to make this an event. (laughs) I will one hundred percent. No, guys. Like I, she she doesn't talk to me anymore. All she does is play chess, and it's like, come on, baby, put (laughs) put the game, put put the board down. Just leave the pieces alone. Leave the pieces alone. I am scared of Paula. Like legitimately scared to play chess <laughs> against this. Paula because she broke my winning streak in a way that broke my heart. Out today, there are actually no games out today. Whoa! So it's, a, it's a it's a shocking event. Yeah, this doesn't happen too often. But I, I guess I that makes sense with the whole holiday and, holiday stuff. Yeah. yeah. So no <laughs> games out today, but we have plenty of new dates. Uh, Hidetaka Swery's The Good Life is launching summer 2021 for PC, Xbox One, PS4, and Switch. Doom Eternal will launch on Switch on December 8th. Square Enix has announced the Final Fantasy XIV announcement showcase taking place on Friday, February 5th, 2021. Michael Cuphead's DLC. Out. Oh, yeah. Michael Hyam was loving that uh, when they announced that. Uh, Cuphead's DLC, The Delicious Last Course, has been delayed to 2021, which uh, I don't which think anybody expected no to about this yeah. year anymore. Very <laughs> but, expected, uh, but still sad. I just I want to play more Cuphead. And, like, if I'm being honest, I'm bummed that the announcement of this delay didn't also come with, uh, hey, and it's going to be bigger scope. Like, it sounds yeah. like it's still going to be a smaller thing, which eh, I'll take what I can get. Yeah. Uh, PlayStation Plus subscribers will get access to three games in December as part of their su- subscription. Your PS Plus games next month look like this. Just Cause 4, Rocket Arena, and Worms Rumble. So get hyped for that. Uh, and then Habroxia is coming to PS4, PS Vita, Switch, Xbox One, and PC slash Steam on February 3rd. Now, 
it is time for reading mail. Of course, you can write in, uh, or you can go to patreon.com. So it's kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free. Where you can also write in, get your questions read on the show, just like BJ Bernardo. BJ Bernardo wrote in to say, Hi, y'all. I just got Star Wars Squadron over Black Friday weekend, and something that I thought about before dropping my cash for it was this. I don't I don't hear much I don't hear much after hmm, but I don't hear much after buzz for it. All right, BJ Bernard was basically saying I don't hear much buzz about uh, Star Wars Squadrons. Do games like uh, Squadrons, i.e. no next-gen version, launched before the new consoles, etc., get lost in the shuffle of a new console and next-gen games? Will this affect Squadrons getting a sequel? Will you slash have you gone back to Squadrons? Thanks, BJ Bernardo. I have not really gone back to it too much. Played yeah. through a bit. It's beautiful. It's real beautiful. It's a very uh, good the game. next, the no next gen version thing. I, I don't think it really matters too much. Like, end of last gen and beginning of this gen games just look so good, play so well that of course we want the enhanced versions. But I think that the the everyman doesn't really know the difference. You know, like if we took off the PS5 or PS4 labels, I don't think that that would really affect the majority of people um, in a blind test. But I, I don't know. I, I think that Squadron's kind of just had a couple unfortunate things around it where the it just doesn't have enough of a fan base to keep it going. I saw like even Raul Coley a couple days ago uh, post an Instagram picture of him trying to play, and it was like eight minutes to get enough people to get a match together. Yeah, and I think that also kind of comes back a little bit to the kind of game that Star Wars Squadrons is. Like it came out for uh, as like a, a more budgeted title right like not a full price game mm-hmm. and it's just more of a niche thing overall like it's not star wars battlefront where everybody wants to play a um uh, a third person or first person shooter right like star wars squadrons is like a, a semi hard hardcore base combat game that requires like kind of a lot of you to like really perform well and i think for what it is it is great and like you know it's going is going to have an audience but i don't think that really speaks to a wider audience in terms of the mass appeal that you see from other Star Wars games. Like this mm-hmm. is a Star Wars Squadrons is a niche Star Wars game. And I think that more so speaks to how you don't have you don't see as much buzz for it afterwards as opposed to the actual uh you know it not having a next gen version. Yeah I think That's even if point. it did I think even if even if it did have a next gen version, I don't think the buzz for it would still be crazy. Like I think mm-hmm. you would have you would have a little spark in terms of Oh yeah, let's see what the PS5 version looks like. Oh damn, this looks and runs smooth, and then people drop off again because, again, like it's a hardcore game. Like you have to like really be into that game to really be into it. Yep. Now it's time to squad up. Geek Create writes in and says, "Hey, hey, KOGD. Sorry for uh, numbers instead of a username squad up, but that's how this game decides to go with adding friends. I'm looking for more best friends to battle some slimes and hilly trolls." with uh run some domains and conquer some weekly bosses with in genshin impact i'm on i'm on at various times so so since there's no messaging in the game you can also hit me up at geek create pound sign 9400 on discord that's geek create hashtag 9400 or uh uh pound number sign however you want to t- call that right 9400 on discord i feel you, you can... blessed it's it's rough out here for you <laughs> yeah, boy. Like, I, don't, like, I don't know which one to call it anymore because everybody has a different word for it yeah. uh if you want to add uh geek create in the actual game via the the his friend code you can go with 612-040-573 on genshin impact so there you go fight some hilly trolls with them some yeah hilly trolls. get after it man hilly troll it up Hilly chill it up. Now it's time for kindofunny.com slash you wrong. Rewrite and let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong. Uh, let's see here. Editorialization about when Christmas season starts, which I appreciate, but I'm not going to read. <laughs> it's the day after Thanksgiving. Everyone knows that. Bless and go fuck himself. Uh, Far Cry 6 was delayed, which we kind of covered. Uh, Nanobology says, Tim, the ride is called Midway Mania, not Midtown Madness. There we go. God, and what a ride it is. It's great. Definitely a winner. Uh, Brian says, Bless said, Habroxia is coming February 3rd, but it's actually Habroxia 2. So there you go. If you're a big Habroxia fan, get hyped. Yeah. The sequel to Habroxia is coming soon. Uh, uh, and that seems to... 
Oh, you know what? This is good, actually. Nanobiologist writes in to mention that uh, we missed this in housekeeping. Today is the last day to sign up for Kind of Funny Secret Santa 2020. You can sign up. Uh, oh, man, that is a long link. Um, <laughs> there's is, there's probably like a Kind of Funny link to go to Secret Santa, right? Let me type in kindoffunny.com slash Secret Santa to see where that takes me. <laughs> see where that shit goes. I wouldn't be surprised if I think that that's the, the I think this is the kind of thing that's, you could say. And that works. Kindoffunny.com slash Secret Santa. Go there if you want to participate in, in awesome. uh, Secret Santa 2020. When things just work, things just work, you know? Things just work. Uh, this this week's host for Kind of Funny Games Daily goes go like this. Tomorrow, it's me and Imran. Wednesday, it's Greg and Gary Witta. Thursday, it's Greg and Tim. And then Friday, it is Greg and me. If you're watching the show live on Twitch after this, it's going to be the final Batman in review episode. So get hype for that of course this has been kind of funny games daily each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about we have a patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games so stick around for that otherwise until next time game daily <laughs>